Hey, Joey. Oh my God, Mike. Are I'm just gonna okay. I know, I know. I think you wanted to break the news, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. If that's okay, guys. After a lot of talk, Mike and I decided to write a theme song, and so, <laughs> so Mike wrote a theme song. He sent it to me, and I'm, I'm looking at the lyrics for the first time. But I agreed to sing it because I'm the one that sings on the show. What? And I'm ready to sing the theme song. So just, I'm, I'm reading this just as you guys are hearing it. All right. Okay, here we go. I have no... Okay, go. I'm excited to see what you wrote, Mike. <laughs> Me too. Okay. Catching up. Let's all enjoy Mike and Joe. Oh my god, that's cute. Catching up. Please tell your friends it's your favorite show. Oh, that's so nice, Mike. All the fans of the show think that Mike is great. While Joe is the one that the fans all hate. Joe is such a wiener, fat, gay, and a beaner. <clears throat> yeah, we all hate his guts. Let's all kick him in the nuts. Catching up. Catching up, catching up, catching up. Mike, that theme song was so mean. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what you're going for. Okay. Real quick, before we get into this, because I actually, this brings up something that I want to talk about. My name's Mike. That's Joe. We've been friends for over a decade. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. And each week, we just call one another and catch up. Okay. What do you want to bring up? You are so sensitive. I know you might not want to have this fight on while we're recording. Okay. But we've had some people give us tweets or emails or what have you. And a lot of times they tease you because I think that you you, ha you have this character where you like to tease. So people just assume that you can be teased back. And even though there are people that don't necessarily know you, you get very sens sensitive when it happens. Well, you know, I'll tell you a couple of things. One is this and comedians and I talk about this, you know, as comics, we talk about this and this happens with some comedians is the people in the audience watch you and they think that they've established a relationship with you even though you don't know them. And sure. so when I used to do comedy, it would be quite common that people would come up to me after the show. I'd be standing at the bar talking to people or having a beer and they'd come up and say like, what's going on, you fat fucking loser? And be like, oh my God. And they would say the cruelest things to me. One. So I'm already kind of, I hate that anyway, that aspect of comedy. And that happens to a lot of comics is people think that they know you and they say these um, things that you would never say to a person you don't know. Um, but then the other thing, though, is I've noticed that there's a trend, and I know what you're talking about, where people who are Joe fans, and there aren't many, there's like two, they'll be like, hey, Joe, you're great, right? That's it. But for some reason, Mike fans, I feel like, Mike, you're great. Shut that stupid fucking loser Joe up. Not even. I could think. Of, I th could really just think of one example that happened recently, and it was such a innocuous joke. It was such so clearly a joke too. Somebody said gave me a compliment and then said, "Oh, and Joe was on that episode too," which is, I think, very innocent joke. Yeah, but you know, I sent a direct message to that person, and we worked it yeah. out. Right. No. 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 I. I. And I knew. I know that person, so I knew it was totally a joke, and I, you knew it was a joke, too. 
I don't know. You just seem very sensitive about feedback that we get. Well, no, I'm not sensitive about feedback. I'm sensitive when people just personally attack me. Yeah, no, but that's the thing. In the times that you've actually been attacked, I could think of one. It was an iTunes review where somebody actually thinks ill of you. Okay. I think all the other times are clearly jokes and those people like you and it's just the way that they express it is through like walking up at a bar and calling you a fat fuck because that's kind of they're playing into your act because they like it. I understand it, but it's still it's still jarring to get used to. It's one of those things where Mike and I think this is actually shows the power of the show, but you and I have known each other for over 10 years. Okay. And so you and I have a relationship. And so I think that comes across in yeah. the show. And so I feel comfortable giving you shit, but yeah. I don't feel, I don't just walk up to people. I think people think that the chemistry that you and I have on the show, they think that's how I am with like the grocery clerk. <laughs> well, I think it, I mean, that's what we're going for, though. Like, we want people to, to get the... No, you're right. It It is. It is. But sometimes when the chemistry is wrong or the, the, the mood in the air is wrong, I'm just not in the mood to be insulted over Twitter. <laughs> but that sure. person and I worked it out. All's good. And that person was joking. And I realized I was being sensitive and I was overreacting. But yes, people out there, we love that you love the show. But... um. Insulting me really does hurt my feelings on Twitter. <laughs> but speaking of, not I, my feelings weren't hurt about this, but um, so I went to an all-boys private high school, okay, in Orange County, and there was a priest there, okay? I can only think of one all-boys private Catholic school in Orange County. Oh, I, so... don't, I don't mind saying the name Servite. Oh, okay. I just wasn't saying it because it's boring. Oh. Uh, I went to a high school called Servite High School. In, in Anaheim. And um, there was a priest there. Um, I don't know if I want to use his name. We'll call him Father Dennis. Okay. And Father Dennis was fine. He was my senior year philosophy teacher. I didn't really have a relationship beyond teacher-student. And that's fine. And then I graduated and I didn't speak to him again. Well, my brother really enjoyed high school and did develop a relationship with him. And they haven't really spoken over the years, but now that my brother has kids and his friends have become more involved in the high school, he's reestablished a relationship with Father Dennis. Okay? So, all of a sudden, last week on Facebook, I get this message from Father Dennis. And he's like, uh, Joe, I need you to call me as soon as possible to set up a, a meeting time. And I was like, what? Yeah, I was like, what is going on, right? So, I text him. He's called me back anyway. Long story short, it turns out he was trying to get a hold of my brother. So I just say, look, hey, hey you know, you got the wrong uh, batants. So you're, you're looking for my brother. And he goes, oh, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. So then, get this. The next day, I send him my brother's phone number. The next day, he calls me. He goes, oh, what's he want? I answer the phone. He goes, uh, Joe, it's Father Dennis. Um, I talked to your brother, um, Mike. He sounded really upset that I called the wrong person. Is he okay? He sounded really, really upset. And I was like, um, wrong person still. <laughs> wrong person. You're looking for my brother, Mike. And this but is me. Oh, oh. And so then he had like a 20 minute conversation with me that I was just like, ugh. Wait, but the, 
you're skipping. Like, he thought that you sounded very upset that he called you instead of Mike. Yeah, which I did. Which Oh, my God. This is very complicated, but. I know, which I wasn't upset at all. That's weird. And then he goes, and then it got really awkward. He goes, oh, so he was just trying to, like, make small talk because he felt badly. And he yeah. goes, uh, so, Joe, uh, I know all about your brother. Uh, what's going on with you? Married? Kids? And I was like, no, not married. No kids. And he was like, okay. Well, I put my foot in my mouth again. I'll leave you be. God bless you. And hang up the phone. Well, you guys should have talked about your common ground. You could have told him how you almost had sex with the priest. Yeah. Oh, Father Dennis, uh, do you know Father Steve from New York? He wanted to fuck me. Maybe that would have, I don't know, started a conversation. True. What's going on with you, Mike? You know what? I had a really boring week, to be honest. Well... I mean, I had some stuff happen, but fairly boring. I went to the theater a couple times. Um, I saw a Shakespeare play that was wonderful. Oh, yeah, because you were kind of, it was like, it was like one of those lesser known Shakespeare plays, like, yeah, the cook of the postman town. And I was like, well, I've never heard of that Shakespeare play. <laughs> what was it called again? Pericles, Prince of Tyre. Oh, okay. <laughs> Close. Um, and you know what? Which is my drag name, by the way. In Berkeley, they did, it was kind of like an experimental sort of um, production of it. Not experimental, but like there were a lot of elements that were like very contemporary that made it seem a little bit more enjoyable. And they also cut the shit out of it. So it was a very abbreviated version. So I actually enjoyed it. But I also saw a play called The Arsonist that's playing at... Um, the Aurora Theater here in Berkeley. Yeah, and and, it had like a weird tagline, I remember. Yeah, a moral play with no morals. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was kind of um, an interesting little piece, piece of theater, but the Aurora is like a, a half circle sort of, very intimate, probably 150 seats. And I went with my friend Kyle, and it was a – the experience was weird because – you could see the people directly in front of you because it's like a a a U or a semicircle, right? So I can look directly across and see people watching. So like if they would smile or laugh, I knew it was time to smile or laugh. Or I don't know, it was just a little bit weird. But then Kyle, I don't know why, but he kept yawning, mm-hmm. like yawning, yawning, not just like hand over your mouth, but like uncontrollable, like tiger yawn. Oh no. And I, I know, and I'm. I was so intimate that I felt like the actors could probably see him doing that. It was very intimate. Well, as we've learned in in your history, like you used to get angry with me for laughing. No, I never got angry with you for laughing. Mike, you punched me in the mouth for laughing. <laughs> I think the only time that I like actually scolded you was when we were watching a movie and you said boring. That's the only time is. When you like started talking to the movie, I don't like get to- getting talked to in a movie either. That really bothers me. But anyway, the theater was good. What's happening with you? You know, it's funny. I had a boring week as well. But just before we started doing the show, I was talking to my ward, Jose, and I was recapping my week. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to talk about this on the show. I'm not going to talk about that show. Like, for instance, we had the taco tour today. And then I, you know, I went with uh, Logan and Noel, my friends, to uh, a, a taping of Conan. And we had VIP seats. And Jose was like, how are you saying you had a boring week? Like, you did the most. I am so jealous of your life. Like, you went on a taco tour and you were VIP at Conan. I'm like, 
But the truth is, there's no real stories from that. You know, I went to Conan. Julia Louis-Dreyfus was the guest. And Bob Saget. Oh, I like Bob Saget a lot. Yeah, he was funny. He's very funny. I think, he. I mean, he's not an, He's not like America's Funniest Home Videos. That's not him, really. No, no, he's very dirty. Yeah, I like it. And, um, and then the taco tour, we went and ate tacos, and they were good. Even though I will say Logan and Noel went on the taco tour as well. But they brought their kids with them, and I was like, don't take your kids. We're going – look, I'm going to tell you something. There's a an indirect relationship between the quality of the taco and the quality of the neighborhood. So as the quality of the taco rises, the quality of the neighborhood goes down. And we were having some of the best tacos in L.A. So what does that tell you? So a lot of my friends on the taco tour had never met Noelle, and they still didn't meet her. They were like, um, where's your wife? Do you practice, like, Sharia law? Because she was just holed up in the car with her kids. We never saw them. He would just get out, get tacos, and run back to the car. Ugh. But that's not the story I had to tell you, actually. And <laughs> this is actually what's funny is I was like, I had a boring week. And now I'm going to say this. So my parents called me the other day. Um, Some guy at my dad's job. We'll call him Bob. Bob's dad um, murdered. Bob's wife, Bob's mom, and then Bob's dad shot himself. Holy shit. Right? So wait, your dad doesn't work with the murderer. He works with the murderer's son. Yes. Whoa. Right? And he was. they were telling me the story. And I was like, oh my God, we were just talking about it. And of course, my parents watch way too much Dateline NBC. Mm-hmm. So now they're watching this guy that works with my dad on the news. And my dad's like... I don't know, man. I think I think he has something to do with this. And I was like, he was at work. So now my parents have concocted this theory that um, the man... Okay, so here's the story. Bob's wife... Bob's older. Bob's wife has early Alzheimer's. Okay. The mom had some sort of terminal disease, and so did the dad. So my parents have come up with this theory that Bob agreed with the dad to do this, and then went to work. And that he was complicit. Why did they think that? Because my dad says that Bob's very like calm about it. Was calm on the news about it, and it was calm at work. Like, oh yeah, this happened. Sucks. He went back to work already. Yeah. Oh, that's a little weird. Yeah. Take a take a week off. I don't know if he. Went, to be honest with you, I don't know if he went back to work. Maybe my dad just spoke to him. But oh, uh-huh. um, yeah. But they're like, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, but then I will tell you this. I spent some time with my parents this weekend. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie, I was a little jealous of him. Of who? Bob. Why? Because he has no family. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be so great. I don't want them Joe. to die. No, I don't want them to die. I want them all to move to another state. Um, like I don't live near my, any of my family. Oh, that's right. You're so lucky. I'm so <laughs> jealous of you, Mike. I just bought plane tickets to go see everybody at the end of yeah, this but month. You notice you're you're visiting. Yeah, them. like three times a year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It's all right. I I t- certainly understand it, but it is really nice just to go on a Sunday and go eat a bunch of bad food and hang out and just be lazy with your family. Um, I call that Monday through Sunday. <laughs> Um, do you have anything else going on, Mike? Well, I've co- I've kind of been friends with benefiting somebody. That's a new verb I'm going to use. What? Yeah. 
It's a friend of a friend. Um, and we've wait, 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 wait. Question: How long? I feel like you're going to say this. Has this been going on? A week. So. Oh, okay. It's not like months. No, we've only friends with benefited twice. And the the kind of well, he's in a partnered relationship. And wait, they, are they open? Yes. Oh, okay. It, they're they're newly opened. So I am oh. the first. I'm the first friends with benefits. Um, and it's it's a little bit weird. Um. We we were gonna. It was basically like let's try this once and then we'll see how it ha- what goes what happens. Um, but then we ended up doing it like two days later again because oh. it was <laughs> pretty good. Okay, one. What I think he's cute. I think so. He's from El Salvador. He's a little bit short. I don't know what's your, what are your feelings on height. Some people are like adamant that the person has to be like twelve foot tall. Well, or... I'm only five foot seven, but five foot. Under five I, five though, I might have a problem. I think he's about five 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 six. Okay, right I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Um, he's from El Salvador. He's just really hot. Um, he's a medical student at Berkeley. Um, so he's like he's really smart, but like I don't know, he's like on a softball team and like really sexy too. But the here's the thing. Um, we after we friends with benefited, I got online and like totally cyber stalked him because I've never given him that much attention before mm-hmm. his partner is kind of ugly like eh, i'm sure he's a very nice guy but he he looks like a young version of the dad from elf Remember <gasps> the dad from elf do you think it's like a sugar daddy no he's like a younger version they're pretty close in age um and no i don't think it's a sugar daddy at all from the stories i've been told I don't I don't think so. But um yeah, but it's kind of a weird thing cuz I'm like starting to think that maybe he has bad taste and so he's attracted to ug- he's attracted to ugly people and I'm one of them. Oh my god, you're so stupid. And I want everyone I want everyone who insults me on Twitter to listen to this, okay? Listen to good. Mike, you're an attractive man. Okay. And I'm sure he likes you cuz you're attractive. I'm just saying. That's your one compliment this year. (laughs) So that's going on. I don't know. I really don't know where it'll go. And I feel like I'm getting getting some needs met, but there's some emotional needs that cannot be met just because of the the setup. Well, you know that that I have a friend with benefits, correct? Not really. No. No, I don't? Or you didn't know that? No, not really. I don't know. Oh, no, no. I do. Um... I'm trying not to say too much because some people who listen to the show know him. Sure. But he's not out. Uh, yeah, but I don't want a relationship uh, with him, so what the fuck do I care? Right? Yeah, I guess. So, um, it just is like not being out is very unattractive to me. No, I understand, but I, but it, look, in other words, my emotional attraction to him is unimportant because I don't care about him. Yeah. But even like a friends with benefits with like a complete dickhead douche is difficult for me because it's oh I could do it it's partly personality right for me I should just have things with benefits I don't even need to be their friend <laughs> yeah I'm not- so I don't know we'll see we'll see where this heads with me oh, interesting what's going on in the Bay Area well Joey. There's yeah. um have you heard about this 49ers well not for the um 
the only competition remaining for the Bay Area's quest to host the Super Bowl was, is pretty much out of the running. So I guess the Miami area um, NFL stadium was also put in a bid to host the Super Bowl this coming year. But for some reason, they the NFL said that the Miami area stadium had to do some upgrades and they the lawmakers in the area basically left for their 60-day legislative session on Friday without voting on a deal to provide taxpayer support for the stadium upgrades. So it looks like the the Bay Area is going to have the Super Bowl, but the NFL still has to NFL still has to vote on it. So it's not a a, a sealed uh, deal, but it looks pretty likely. Let me tell you something. This is horrible news. Oh, I'm talking... By the way, I'm talking about the 2016 Super Bowl. Yeah, they do it far in advance. This is horrible news. I would never want the Super Bowl in my town. Let me tell you this. What fucking racket does the NFL have that you're telling me, like, yeah, um, Miami left, the Miami legislature or whatever, whoever left before they could vote on providing taxpayer money to provide for this thing to make the networks money and NFL money. Now, I know the city makes money, too. Tons of money, Joe. Joe, industry is built around it. Because I was in, I was working for a newspaper when the Super Bowl was in Phoenix. And the amount of business that comes to town is ridiculous. It really, it really does make businesses. But don't you think only in the immediate area of the Super Bowl? Well, sure. And that's actually kind of something that... I'm not critical of, but so the San Francisco 49ers in 2016 will be playing in Santa Clara, which is, I mean, basically down in San Jose. It's not in San Francisco. It's not. Why? Um, it's kind of just like, um, I'm trying to think of another example, like the, the, remember when Anaheim Angels became the LA Angels or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. It's just. Oh, so they've never played in San Francisco. I don't know where exactly they are playing now, but Santa Clara is where... You know there are like a hundred straight guys out there banging their heads because we don't know any of this shit, but go ahead. That's okay. So they, they're building the 49er Stadium in Santa Clara right now, and so it'll be open, I think, next season or the season after. So I don't know where they're playing today. Hmm. Hmm. Well, let's see what happens. While you, but also San Francisco seems like... One of these places, because it's so small and enclosed, that if one little thing goes wrong, it just fucking shuts down the whole goddamn city. So imagine the Super Bowl. It's going to be a nightmare. Well, Santa Clara is a good hour away. So Oh, oh the, so the Super Bowl would go where the San Francisco 49ers play. Right, right, right. Oh, oh okay, okay. That's not that bad. Yeah. All right. It, it'll, I think it'll be good, and it'll be good. I mean, I enjoy the the party that happens with the Super Bowl. So when I was in Phoenix and had to do all of that, I mean, it kind of sucked writing for a newspaper at the time because it was like I was covering nightlife and like weird, bizarre parties with um, reality TV stars. But just having all of the events in town is pretty cool. So what's happening in L.A.? Well, we have these fires all over the place, but I really don't have a lot to say about it because it's weird is because the fires have been near two places where I am a lot, and I've seen no evidence of these fires, not even smoke or smelled anything. There were really bad fires by your parents' house in, like, 08? Yeah. Those were really bad and really close to your parents. 
Yeah, but um, no. So I know um, that Peter G um, tweeted me, and he was really worried about whether um, I was going to catch on fire somewhere. But um, <laughs> yeah, so that was very nice of him. But I don't really have a lot to say about the fire, and they're like mostly put out by today, right? And um, maybe by the time we release this, they'll be all gone, and there will well, never be fire in Southern California again. I want to tell you this. I've been spending a lot of time trying to find this article. I read this really good article. I want to say it was in the LA Times, but maybe not. About the industry of putting out fires in LA. And how really the best way to put out a brush fire is just good old-fashioned firefighting. Um, And so they talked about how... You know when you see like the helicopters or the airplanes yeah. drop just tons of water or whatever? Mm-hmm. That that actually does very little. And it's very, very, very expensive and very, very dangerous. But um, that they only do them because that's what the media wants to see. And that's what the politicians want to see. And that's what the public wants to see. That it makes them feel better. And they call them media dumps, actually. Because that's really it's, the only thing it's doing is making the public happy. But they really don't do anything. It's just old-fashioned fire fighting. And I've been trying to find that article. If anyone out there can actually help me find it, I've been looking on LA Times. And obviously the search words don't help because... Media dump would be search I've tried that out. I've tried that out. And I maybe get it wrong. It could be called media drop. I don't know. I'm, I'm having trouble finding it. The problem is it may not be the LA Times. And that's why I'm having trouble. It could also be something you thought of in a dream and now you think it's reality. It could, yeah, you know, uh, I was writing a play about it, and then I went and started some fires to test it out. Whoops. Did oh, I... did you know that the play I saw earlier was called Ars- The Arsonist? Oh, yeah. And it was about these guys that, like, light fires and um, kind of, I don't know, it was st- a little silly, but it was an allegory. Is that a thing? Allegory. Um. So, also... Something else that's happening here in San Francisco, back to the Archbishop. We've talked about the Archdiocese. Wait, is the... I'm shocked that this is your story. Really? I'm. You're not going to talk about the, the limo with the bridesmaids? No, I don't. It's sad. I mean, there's nothing... If we talk about it, Joey, all we, we can't make fun of it at all. Oh. Do you know what I mean? It's really sad. There were on the bridge, uh, a limousine on with a bridal party in it. Um, caught on fire and five people died. Hilarious. So, is real quick, is the archbishop involved in the archdiocese? Is he like... Yeah, he's the head of the archdiocese. Okay. Um, they just both have arch in them, so I thought that they might, but I didn't know for sure. But anyway, the archbishop of San Francisco calls Rhode Island's marriage equality a serious injustice. And so, I pulled this story. I, I think... Most everybody knows that Rhode Island became the 10th state to legalize same-sex marriage last Thursday. And the bishop, um, the archbishop of San Francisco on Friday lashed out at them over the law. And he basically said that this is a serious injustice and that he thinks that gay marriage is harmful to children. And I don't know, just ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. It just feels so weird that like... Of an argument against gay marriage is that they're saying that it's an injustice. When I feel like the people that are in these relationships are the ones that are really facing injustice. Am I wrong? But, no, it's just one of these things where it disappoints me because I wish the church and all churches, not just the Catholic church, 
would just focus on their original mission, which is to help the poor or the people who need help. I don't know why they obsess on this gay marriage and this abortion. And um, Yeah, just say nothing. Say nothing on it. Well, I can see, look, I can see as a moral way, if they're morally against it, making a statement about it, right? But you don't see them doing all this nonsense for the death penalty. Right. You know, they've said, we're against death penalty. We're against war. Thank you. The end. Yeah. You know? But they, man, abortion and gay marriage, man, they just, that just drives them crazy. Sure. You know? And the abortion one, I can get a little bit. I don't, I don't agree with it. But if they genuinely believe that babies are being murdered, then I guess I could see going crazy over it, right? Well, what if they genuinely believe that mar- gay marriage harms children? <laughs> no, because here's the deal, and this is the part where I get mad, is then they don't want to abort these kids, but then they don't want to take care of them after they're born. Sure. His his exact quote said something like, while those making great sacrifices to raise their children in less than ideal circumstances need and deserve our love and support, we cannot claim to have a just society if we don't look out for the most vulnerable among us children. So marriage is the only institution that unites a man and a woman to each other and to any child conceived of their union, he said. I don't know. It just seems like, once again, it's... All the way back to um, putting Galileo in under house arrest because he said that the earth revolved around the sun. Uh, the, the church seems to be a little backwards on, upco- on reality. So look, in three to four hundred years, they'll, <laughs> they'll apologize. Because people don't know, the church in the 90s, Pope John Paul II apologized for what they did to Galileo. Like 400 years later? I'm sure Galileo was like, thanks, fuckers. <laughs> thanks for that. Great. Ugh, thanks, church. What else is happening in LA? Well, I'm torn. I'm going to give you two topics. We can talk about Lindsay Lohan, which I guess would be interesting, but it's tired. Or we can talk about this twerking scandal in San Diego. So I guess it's not LA. So, okay, we're going to move it to Lindsay Lohan. Um... Okay, so I'm sure we all heard the news that Lindsay Lohan was supposed to go to rehab, and she had agreed there was a court-appointed, a court-approved list of rehab centers she could go to. The one she chose was the one in upstate New York, okay? Or in the Hamptons. I don't remember where. Somewhere in New York, okay? And she's like, I'm going to go there, and then all of a sudden, the last minute, she's like, mm, I don't want to go there because they don't let you smoke, right? Okay. And they're like, no, bitch, you got to go to New York. And then she flew in the middle of the night and she showed up in Newport Beach at Morningside Recovery. And she's like, I'm going to check in here. And they were like, what? So they have this emergency meeting and the judge is like, ugh, this dumb bitch again. And then he was like, okay, well, you can stay there until we check it out. But if we don't like it, then you have to go. Right? Mm -hmm. But then she never, I found out she never even went inside the place. The car pulled up. And she said, I don't want to go inside. And so she never got out. And then she left. And then she went to a Fry's Electronics. What? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I don't know if it was that day or the next day, she checked into the Betty Ford Clinic. And now yeah. they're like, okay, well, we're going to check this place out. What What the fuck is going on with this bitch? She's crazy. I, I've, I kind of feel for her. I know a lot of people don't. But I just, there's obviously some sort of mental illness going on, right? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. She has serious shit going on with her. Well, mental illness and substance abuse, like, those are two horrible things to mix together. It's mental illness, substance abuse, and then a world where people just tell you everything you do is right. You know who's going crazy, too, is this Justin Bieber. Yeah. Did you see that picture of him? He, like, walked out of his car and his his bodyguard's wearing a onesie. And then he's wearing some creepy mask and black outfit. No. And I'm like, oh, no. He's going all Michael Jackson on us. No, I haven't seen it. I'll, I'll put it up on the Facebook page. Because here's the thing. is I think what happens when you get into that, especially when you're that young, when you get into that insulated world, you lose sight of what's up and what's down. And you know what else happens, too, though? Um is people are very mean to her on Twitter. Have you seen... Have you seen... Okay, remember the um, Dick and Liz uh, movie she was in? Oh, do I know it? Yes. Horrible, right? So pe- Horrible. people started tweeting directly at her. Because, like, these people what really... I mean, she's really on her Twitter account. Justin Bieber's also really on his Twitter account. Like, they, they see some of it. And mm-hmm. so people who don't even know her are tweeting mean things about her. And oh, yeah. Can you imagine how that would feel? I'm going to go check into rehab right now. <laughs> well, no. Okay, no. But you know what? You're making a good point. I'm not even famous. Sure. Right? I'm not even remotely famous. And just one weird tweet, like, not weird, one tweet make hurts my feelings. So imagine if you're Lindsay Lohan and you go on and there's just people saying all this crazy shit about you. Yeah, it probably drives you crazy. Yeah, hundreds of tweets about... The movie that's airing right now. I want to tell a story because it reminded me of it. But I might, there's a very good chance I'll cut it out. But when I read this story about Lindsay Lohan and rehab and going back and forth and people having to check her in, it reminded me of the time, remember when Kate was dating and uh, they broke up? And then started telling his therapist that Kate was addicted to coffee? And then this was like a real thing. And then one day... The people where Mike and I worked um, <laughs> had an intervention. Well, they took us to, they took me and a few other people who knew Kate really well. They took us to this psychiatrist and we sat in a meeting and we had a serious conversation where the psychiatrist was like, yeah, we need to have an intervention because of her addiction to coffee. And I was like, is this a real conversation? We're, we're going to have an intervention and have this girl immediately go to rehab facility and she's gonna so people are gonna be like yeah i'm here in this rehab facility because i was addicted to heroin and i robbed my mom and my grandma and sold my own baby (laughs) next yeah um i go to to starbucks too much (laughs) i get a triple shot every day yeah i gotta get i get a black tiger shot and a double espresso i have a problem They had a real conversation about this. So I think once I spoke some reason, people were like, oh, yeah, this is kind of weird. And then it just fizzled away. Anyway, um, anything else going on in San Francisco? No, that's pretty much it. What do you got going on next week? The most boring week ever. I. Well, are you doing anything for Mother's Day? That's next Sunday. Um. Yeah, we're just going to do our standard, hey, mother, what's going on? Here's a gift. Uh, I bought plane tickets i just said to go see everybody but i'm not going for another two weeks so i'm going the weekend after mother's day okay um so i'll probably like give my mom a call or something but other than that i don't have anything planned joe just a lot of work stuff oh i'm gonna start a art 
blog, like a Tumblr blog of, oh. I've started painting people. F- Are you going to call it like Mike Drawson? <laughs> Get it? Because you're going to be drawing? I started painting people's uh, picture from, like I take a picture of them on the BART, the train, uh-huh. and then I paint uh-huh. I paint them. So I think I'm going to do like faces of BART or something like that. But that sounds like it's the Simpsons and I don't like that. But anyway, um, that's pretty much all I have planned. What do you have planned? Um, well, I have some really great seats to a Dodger game, so I'm taking my ward, Jose, but what the funny thing is, he doesn't know it. It's a surprise. Luckily, I timed it that it's tomorrow night. It's on Monday night, so the show doesn't go up until Monday night. So actually, as this is being uploaded, he already knows about the surprise, but uh, I'm surprising him with a trip to a Dodger game. He's had this fantasy for as long as I've known him. Of going to a baseball game with myself and my friend Chris. Mm-hmm. So we're taking him to a Dodger game uh, tomorrow. It's a complete surprise. He has no idea what we're doing. Is it for and, anything? Um, like a birthday or? No, I just got these tickets and I knew he wanted to go. I asked Chris if Chris wanted to go and he said, yeah. What's funny is I told Chris, why don't you invite Father Boyle from Homeboy Industries? And he was like, oh, that's a good idea. I go, and then I see, he goes, and then Chris says, I don't know if he can go. And I go, I'll tell you what, if he can't go, Richard can go. I was talking about my cousin. I have a cousin, uh, Richard. He's a week younger than I am, and he's gay. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about him. So Chris texts me last night, and he goes, Father Boyle can't make it. But Richard Cabral said he can go. Richard Cabral <laughs> is, is some actor okay. that Chris knows. I don't know why Chris thought I meant Richard Cabral. Well, he's going to a game with you. That's cool. Yeah, it was weird. So, um, well, it'll be good. Richard Cabral was in a movie called A Better Life with Jose. Jose was in A Better Life. Yeah. And so um, they know each other, so that'll be good. Cool. So we're going to Dodger game, and then I'm going to the Magic Castle over the weekend. I'm taking gay guys, hold your panties. That doesn't even make any sense. I'm going to the Magic Castle. I'm taking two uh, Secret Service guys to the Magic Castle. Secret Service? Mm-hmm. How do you know Secret Service guys? My friend Mercedes, her brother, is a personal trainer. Okay. And he makes, like, uh, training videos online. Well, one of the Secret Service guys saw these videos, really liked them, and turned on the whole Secret Service to um, Mercedes' brother's videos. So these two guys are coming out for who knows what reason. They're bringing their families. And I'm taking um, a bunch of people to the Magic Castle, including two Secret Service guys. That's weird. I was going to make a joke about how it would be awesome since the Secret Service listen, watch his exercise videos. That would be like the plot of like a mystery novel where he starts putting like hidden messages in them and he somehow gains access to the president. That shows you how genuinely nice you are. I was thinking about Secret Service guys who, Secret Service guys who watch um, exercise videos and I was thinking about a gay porn. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right, Mike. Well, I think that brings us to a close of another episode. It was nice catching up with you, Mike. Yeah, nice talking to you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. 
Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at podcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, yeah, I mean... Um, uh, um, 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 um,